The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. So it's a very unique scripture. Today, I want to speak to you about the Word of God. <laughs> about the Word of God. So we started talking about that already uh, with regards to Sunday school. I titled this, The Mighty Word of God. The Mighty, the mighty word, of, word of God. In John chapter 1, the very first verse, he says to us, in the beginning was the Word. Everything starts with the Word. That's the beginning. Before the heavens, before the earth, before anything was the Word. What is God trying to tell us? If there's going to be anything that will change in your life, if there's going to be blessings upon your life, whatever you need on the earth, whatever you want to do, the beginning is always the Word. You start with the Word. In the beginning was the Word of God. We have to imbibe that and know that and, 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 and accept it and know without a doubt if I'm going to get any progress in life, he's got to be from the Word. Because God is telling us everything begins with the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The supremacy of God's Word. Above everything. Before anything was the Word. He tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the word was God himself. That tells us the importance of the word of God. Some people don't read their Bibles. How can you serve God if you don't know the word? How can you know God without the word? Because God is the word. I've shared with you here, when you imbibe the word, you take the word into your heart. You may not understand it at first, <laughs> but the word begins to work inside of you. It's a living being. And before long, he begins to change things and rearrange things in your life to make you know God and inherit all of God's will. And be able to do it. Because you can't without the word. It's always about the word. Listen. He. The word is a person. <laughs> the, word is, the word is a living being. And he was before all things. The word. He. Was in the beginning with God. The word of God is a person. A living being. And from him, the Bible says, he was there with God. All things were made through him. 
the world a living being. All things are made through Him. Without Him, you'll never see a plant. Without Him, there will be no skies. Without Him, there will be no ocean. You can't even see an elephant. Without Him, all things were made by Him. Whether in heaven or on earth, all things were made by the Word. And God has given that Word to us. And people don't appreciate it. You love God, but how much do you love the Word? How much do you want to stay around the Word? The Word is a person. It's a being. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. If, if you can see it, He was made through the Word. If you can see it, it was made through the Word. Uh, even UFOs, if they exist. Have you heard about UFOs? And the people keep researching. If, if, I don't know whether they are UFOs or not. But if they, they exist, guess what they, where they came from? The Word! That's funny. But everything came through the Word. And if everything came through the Word, I came. You can see me because of the Word of God. If it were not the word of God, if it were not for the word of God, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. I can see your eyes. You know, in science, the little that I've seen in science, it's like from the littlest to the greatest. Even if you take a human eye and you want to see how it works, you will go into serious misery. It's hard. Why can't I see through my, my foot? The foot is not the eye. And God had created and fashioned you in such a special way, it's hard to understand. And that's because of the Word of God. Why don't we stay with the Word of God? Even when we talk about Sunday school, some people don't take it seriously. They don't read the Word of God. They come up with their own opinions and fight with their own opinions. Yet, the living being is with us in paper made by Him. He made all things. In him was life. If there is any life anywhere, whether in heaven or on earth, if it breathes, he's from the word. He breathes because of the word. By reason of the word. The leaf, the leaf, whatever it is, the bird. All because of the word of God. 
And God has revealed it to us. In the beginning was the word. So you know the supremacy of God's word. And put, it in, put the word in its place. When we worship God, you're worshiping the word. The word himself is God. Your life for work as a Christian will not change until you begin to put the word in there. You put the word in there, it will transform your life. The more word you know, the more you are in tune with your God. Amen? The more word you know. It's so important. Get to know the word. That's why I appreciate my culture, the culture I, I grew up in. They taught us the word from elementary school. I had to answer questions from scriptures. I didn't know what was there. I had to answer what was Peter's defense on the day of Pentecost. Peter's defense on the day of Pentecost? You mean I have to bring, tell you everything Peter said on the day of Pentecost? Yeah, that's what I did. I had to. I wanted to pass. I heard that. And then later, as the gospel came to me, my friend Samuel, who brought me to the Lord, he took me to church. <laughs> I was the, the baddest infidel. <laughs> Let me use those words. <laughs> and I got to church. And everybody in church, very reverent. They all knelt down. And all of a sudden, I heard somebody speaking in tongues for the first time in my life. And I thought to myself, the apostles are here. <laughs> and I feared every member of the church from that time on. I thought, man, I got to respect them. Maybe if I treat them well, God will bless me. They said, the apostles, they speak in tongues. The word I heard, the Peter's defense, came back to me. And from that time, I wanted to be like these guys. Because the word never dies. You can't stop the word. Once it gets inside of you, <laughs> uh, sooner or later, or later <laughs> you will obey, whether you like it or not. Because... The word keeps coming back, reminding you. In him was life and life, and the life was the light of men. If you don't have the word, you have no light in your life. What's light? Understanding about life. When you have light, you know why you exist. You understand life. You understand people. You can see why they disagree with you. And you can see why they persecute you. They have no light. They don't understand it. But you do. And you can respond to them in the right way because of the word. You know, I shared here how I used to bug my mom. And, and because I wanted her saved. And many times I would say silly things to her, quoting scriptures. I was righteous. She was infidel. You got to come to Christ 
And I'll withstand my mother and I talk to her even in public. And I'm yelling at her because in my mind, you are unsaved. I need to get you saved. And then I learned more about the word. And then I found that that was not a good approach. Honor your father and your mother. I wasn't, he didn't say honor your father and your mother unless they are not Christians. He says, honor your father and your mother. And I wasn't honoring her at that point. And I wasn't even showing much love. But then I told you, before, I changed my mind. As I began to understand the word of God, I changed my mind. God, I cried out to him, forgive me for the way I treated my mom. An infidel. And then I changed course. Started treating her right. Not preaching to her. Because I know Jesus has said, a prophet is without, is without honor, except in his own home. <laughs> in your home, you're not without honor, except in your home. They don't, so I know she's not going to accept what I have to say. I'm a son. But then you change because the Bible says, love never fails. So apply love, not preachy stuff, but apply love. Mama, I love you. Mama, I love you. And demonstrating it by living with her and showing her love and respect every day. Sometimes she says, I want you to go there. And then my stubborn mind says, I don't want to go there. I know that those people are witches. I'm not going there. They're not following the way of God. But that's my mom. She says, son, I really want you to go listen to this person. And I say, oh, they're in church, but they are really practicing witchcraft. And I don't want to listen to them. And I tell her, plainly, I don't really want to go, mama. But because you said to go, I'll go. And then she finds out, son, you were right. This is full of nuts. <laughs> you are right. But I never go to her after God has spoken to me. I told you I was right. I just let her see it. And let it be. Before long, she was transformed. Loved God. And she was doing exactly the same thing I was doing to her earlier. She called on my brothers and says, You are all infidels. Sit down here. Listen to your brother. Amen. They sat down, but they were really standing. <laughs> they were not going to listen to me. But they would have to obey mama. They sat down, and I would speak to them, knowing they are not going to listen to me. But every one of them, one of them now is the one helping me with what I want to do over there. Amen. What we want, what, I, I rephrase that, what we want to do over there. Amen. That's the way it works. Listen to this. It says, and the light shines in darkness. The darkness. Light in darkness? Well, yeah. But there is darkness, but there is what is called the darkness. Where you can be in daylight and still be in darkness. Can you understand that? This is not a natural darkness. This is a spiritual darkness. And many of your friends and relatives are in this darkness. When you are in the darkness, you can see nothing. And many of us were there. But finally, 
where the light shone. You see, Satan has been trying to understand how this light works. He still can get it. And we have the privilege through the word. Because when the word comes into our heart, light comes into our heart. And then we are able to understand that we are sinners. And then we know, wow, the word says, if I confess my sin, God is faithful. So you cry out, and then God hears you, and then the joy of the Lord comes into your heart, and that freedom to serve God comes into you. You've been born again. Like it tells us, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. God in his might, through the word of God, recreated you. You still look the same, short or tall. You still look the same, but there is something inside of you that's changed. You are no longer the man that they knew. And now they see a different person. And they watch and wonder what happened. How can a man's life, a cruel man's life can be totally transformed to the point where they were violent, now they are so meek. And see somebody insulting them and they are saying nothing. They say, oh, oh, I wish he was the man that he used to be. You won't survive talking to him that way. Because the world is transforming. The word has that transforming power. Listen, the mighty word of God. Satan has been trying to understand how this thing works. <laughs> he just cannot. He's not be given to him. He thinks he's hurting you. But you know the word, amen? He really can. He thinks he's hurting you. But when it turns out, God blesses you. And he says, what happened here? I was trying to hurt him. Listen to this. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, God says in his word, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. If you take God's name in vain, God says, he won't hold you guiltless. You know, today, uh, you stomp your foot. Guess what you say? You say, Jesus. Even unbelievers do that, right? They call, unconsciously, the guy says he doesn't believe in God, right? He doesn't believe. But when he stomps his foot, he calls Jesus. I was there. Why are you calling Jesus? I thought you don't believe in him. Well, I was just speaking. Yeah, you call his name. Because inside of you, you know. You know. But God says, I won't take. We don't, we, today, that's the Old Testament. Don't mean too much to us these days. But God says, I will not do that. I will not hold you guiltless. Now, taking the name of God in vain, we look at that as just saying, I stomped my feet and I just said, Jesus. No. When you call yourself a Christian, and everybody knows you are a Christian, 
and you are saying his name to your fellows, but then not living the life, you are taking his name in vain. You have taken his name upon yourself, a Christian, right? But you don't live like a Christian. You just speak the word, you are taking his name in vain. And the reason for that is because you don't know him. (laughs) And you know why you don't know him? You don't know his word either. Because you know, if you know his word, you won't be doing that. I was walking somewhere, and this guy called himself a Christian. And uh, every word he says is a curse word. And he's saying all this crazy stuff, and he's not ashamed. But then, when you talk to Christianity, oh, he's already a Christian, and he starts talking the Bible again. Hmm. One day he was cursing so bad around me, and I told him, I just said to him, Henry, the Bible says, and he listened to me, the Bible says, you will give account for every word that you speak. <laughs> it's like I shot him with a gun. <laughs> He's still He didn't know what to say to me. A few seconds passed, and he said to me, Ain't he studying you? I said, You don't have to study me. Study the word. Don't study me. But that was his way to get away from what I just told him. Like I shot him. I, I, you know, all I did was quote the word. And he understood. But in my mind, he was taking the name of the Lord in vain because everybody there knew Christians shouldn't be doing this stuff. But then he calls himself a Christian. They take the name of the Lord in vain. But that's not my point today. I just want to pull something out of it. Okay? In Psalm 138, a great scripture, he says, I will praise you with my, what? All heart. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. You know what that is? <laughs> when we get before the gods, so uh, David is going to now bring uh, Shemesh, Baal, and these other gods, and stand before them and worship his gods. Is that what he's saying? I'm going to go before Baal. And worship God. That's not what he's saying. If you understand the scriptures, God actually calls his people gods. You know that? Read in John. Jesus said he called them gods. Upon whom the word of God came. Again, so is the word. When the word of God comes into your life and you accept it, not God in terms of like almighty God, but there, are, there is the power that comes into your life that makes you a God to the demons. You don't see yourself as one, but God says you are. And he can't lie. So you don't have to be afraid. He tells us the truth. I will praise you with all my heart before the gods. Not before Baal, right? (laughs) Excuse me. I will sing praises to you. I will worship, verse 2, towards your holy temple and praise you. Praise your name. For what? For your loving kindness and your truth. 
your truth. May you understand God's loving kindness combined with his truth. That's your inheritance. Because God's given that to you. Loving kindness and truth. I will praise your name for your loving kindness. May God's loving kindness overwhelm your life. In Jesus' name. His loving kindness means he has overlooked everything that you've done wrong. And he gives you truth. Then he says, why is he praising God for his loving kindness and his truth? He says, you have magnified what? Your word. Above all of your name. So you can take God's word in vain. God doesn't like that. But when you go against the word, that's another level. He has magnified his word. Not us. God himself magnified his word. Have you heard people talk, Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah? Well, the word of God is above that, according to this scripture. So when you are messing with the word of God, you've gone beyond God's name, Jehovah. You've gone above that. Can you understand that? How pricey. The word of God. Because you know why? The word of God is a person. Jesus as a person has his name. He is a being. A living being. The word of God created all things. So God has magnified his word above all things. And that, should, that goes back to the beginning. In the beginning was what? The word. So the word was before the name. Hello? The word is above all things. The word is above all things. You want me to say it again? The word is above all things. Above your life, above everything. When you're gone, the word is still here. Here's the word. God has magnified. If you stay with that word... God will lift you to a different level. If you put those words in your heart before long, you won't, probably won't be aware God is taking you to another level. I had that happen to me because I understood the word, praying in the spirit and understand the word. I thought everybody knew everything I was studying, they knew, and I was just catching up. And then I started speaking to some of them. They said, God, where did you get those things from? I said, yeah, didn't you know that? It's in the word. They were Christians, but they didn't know it. But because I knew it, I was able to do things that they couldn't do. Amen. God has magnified his word above all his name. If it's all his name, does that include the name of Jesus? Certainly, according to the scriptures here. Jesus is great, but his word is even greater. The name Jesus is great. His name, Jesus. Not the person, his name, Jesus, is great. We can use that. 
But the word is according to this scripture. The word is even above. All. Do you understand that? It's not just some of his name. All of his name. All of them. And all of his name is really in Jesus. Jesus. So you can see why we are having difficulties. The reason is we don't know the word. My people perish because the lack of knowledge of what God says. And the knowledge of God's word is what empowers you. Amen. The knowledge of God's word. No matter what it is, we have to understand the word of God has control over everything, including your life. People think, I'm free, I'm free to do whatever I want. Uh, Are you kidding yourself? If God has taken his hands off your life, there's another person in control. And that person is working for him, but he doesn't know that. (laughs) He doesn't know that. God still has control over his creation, every part of his creation, all of it. If you read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, he says, For by him, by him, who is him? The word of God. I know we want to talk about this as by God, but the Bible also already told us the word created all things, right? Listen, without the word, God cannot speak. Okay, that's kind of tough for you, right? God can say a thing except the word, right? If he speaks, it's got to be his word, right? So God cannot say a word without the word. May God give you understanding. God is God himself. But when he wants to do anything, he goes through his word. And so God doesn't speak in vain. Never. For by him are all things, by him all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth. Visible or invisible, angels, creatures, demons. We can see demons unless God opens our eyes. All of these things, whether you see it or you don't see it, the breeze, the wind, all of it, God created, visible or invisible. You can feel it, but you can't see it, and yet it's there. What's going on? God created all of these things. They were all created by him, both in heaven and the earth. Whether there are thrones, even if he's president of the United States or the king of uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> those thrones, he created them. <laughs> he created them. Thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Notice he said the word powers, right? If there is any power anywhere, guess who created it? God did. God did. Without him, the president of the United States wouldn't have any power. 
He created all of the powers on the earth and in heaven. You can't walk without him. Because you need the strength and the power to walk, right? He created that. All of it. All things were created through him. And for what? For him. For him. See, those forces that you can't see, that you, you are a Christian, they are not really working for themselves. Satan doesn't understand. He thinks, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going to take this person's life. Uh-uh. Guess who is working for? They were created by him and for him. If I create you for me, you got to do what I created you for me. Right? You got to do it. And so those forces, that's why I can say, if you read in, I guess in the scripture, if you read in uh, Psalm 105, he said the word of God tested Joseph. The word of God tested Joseph to see how he will respond to the word. And I'm thinking, where did Joseph, did he know that God was testing him? Did he know that? That the word of God was testing him? As a man, he was just sent. His brother sold him, right? But the brothers were working for him. Amen? The brothers, their power to sell him, they were working for the Creator. Because the Creator has an assignment for Joseph. And it has to be fulfilled. And it won't be fulfilled where Joseph was living. God had to move him to the place where his word will be fulfilled. Can you get it? All powers created for him. For him. How powerful is grace? And how powerful is the truth? Truth. How powerful. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved. That's an amazing word. By grace you have been saved. So you are saved today because of grace. It doesn't tell you anything else. Grace through faith. Because you believe. And through your belief, grace appeared to you. And then grace transformed your life. Saved means you are free from your old life. You are now a new creature, a new creation. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17, you are a new creation. A new creation means God has rebuilt you and you are no longer the old person. This is totally different. Grace did that through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone So nobody is saved on the earth today without the grace of God. You cannot be saved without grace. (laughs) You can pray all you want. But if grace is not there, you're just talking. The grace is what brings your 
salvation. How powerful is grace? And how powerful is the truth? Truth. Jesus tells us in, in uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe in him, that's an incredible word. <laughs> Get some understanding. He spoke to those believers who believe in him. But then he says, I want you to abide in my word. Abide. Make your residence in my word. Nothing else. I know you believe in me as the Savior, the Christ. But beyond that, I want you to abide in my word. And only if you abide in his word that you can be a disciple indeed. There is a disciple, and there is a disciple indeed. There is a disciple, but then there is a disciple that works the work of disciples. Amen. That's why, you know, you, it doesn't bother me. There are some Christians, they don't want to be disciples. Indeed, they just want to be disciples. So they have things that they do. They don't honor the word of God. They don't even honor the, the, uh, uh, the Lord's day. They don't honor that. They do whatever they want to do. But they are disciples. But they are no disciples indeed. And when you co- go close to them, you'll probably find out in many other areas, because they are no disciples indeed, you can find things. The tolerating, they can justify anything. They, well, 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 well I, I don't think the Bible says that. They don't know the Bible. <laughs> they don't know what it says. So there is a disciple, and there is a disciple indeed. And what makes you a disciple indeed? The Word. The Word is what makes you a disciple indeed. And when you are a disciple indeed, then you get to know the truth. If you're just a disciple, you won't know the truth. Because you are not abiding in the word. But when you abide in the word, the word begins to bring into your life revelations. The truth. That's why Jesus said in, 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 in I believe it's uh, in uh, Matthew 13. He says, so these people... They are here, they hear, but they really are not hearing. Unless they hear and understand with your heart, and then he says, and then she'll heal them. We're not talking about just physical healing. When you understand from the heart, then you are a disciple indeed. Why? Because you have been abiding in the word. The disciples followed Jesus for three years. Everywhere he went, they were listening to the word. They were by, not just living with Jesus as a person. They were living with the word. Yeah. And before long, they understood. And, and if you read in Acts, when Peter spoke, this is, this is an unleaded man. He didn't go to the, our university. How come he has this understanding? And then he says, then they understood. He had been with what? had been with Jesus, the word of God. 
He had been with the word of God. And so he has this deep understanding that even the Pharisees and their leaders didn't have. Because he had been with the word of God. I pray that every one of us here today will abide in the word. Abide in the word. So that your life is transformed. And when they see you, they can see, yes, that's a disciple. Why is your life so different? Why are you not like every other person? Why do you have such confidence that it's going to be okay? And then they see it come to pass. My gosh, there's something going on here. A disciple indeed. Because you abide in the word. And then he says, you will know the truth. And what will happen? The truth. Who sets you free? Who sets you free? Is it Jesus? He says the truth. When you abide in the word, you get to know the truth. And once you know the truth, guess what? Your freedom is there. A lot of people say, I'm free, I'm free. No, they're not free. I mean, you can't get away from the bottle. How free are you? You come home with your eyes red and you're beating your kids. I'm free, I'm free. You're not. That's not the freedom we're talking about. The freedom that God gives that comes into your life. Those are, that's the importance of the truth and grace. Let me tell you this. The word itself is a carrier of grace. The word is a carrier of truth. When you have the word, you have grace. The word is that. The word also is a carrier of peace. And the word is a carrier of the power of God. The power of God. When Jesus said, come unto me, come to the word. Amen? If you understand. And what would you have? Rest. I will give you rest. The word will give you rest. You know what that is? Peace, even in the presence of turmoil and difficulties and things that you can't understand. But yet you have the peace. You know why? The Prince of Peace is living inside of you. Hallelujah! The Prince of Peace. And that Prince of Peace is the Word of God. The Prince of Peace is the Word of God. When you have the word inside of you and the word has taken you over your life and then you're becoming a disciple and a follower of Christ, before long, you have peace that no one can understand. Even in times of difficulty. You are not afraid because you've got peace. Amen. My time is getting away from me some. I said some. <laughs> not all the way. In John chapter 1, and I'm going to close... I'm going to continue with this this next, next week. I have a lot that I want to share. And God always has a way of growing it. And I'm thinking, God, I really want to go to another series. Can you let me go now? <laughs> and this gives you a lot of stuff, and you've got to stay with it. In John chapter 1, uh, verse 14, it tells us, And the word became flesh. And he lived among us. 
and we just looked at him, we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Full of what? The word is full of grace and truth. This powerful thing that changes your life called grace. The word is filled with it. It doesn't tell you when you just read Matthew. It's just the word. Any part of God's word that you put inside of you. That word is filled with what? Grace and truth. That's why Jesus says, abide in the word. If you abide in the word, you will have grace. And then you will also have what? Truth. And what will the truth do to you? Make you free. Free from turmoil. Free from pain and everything that the world... I mean, doesn't mean you are not going through it, but you feel free inside. Nothing bothers you. You are at rest. Amen? Doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble, but you can rest, rest, rest. That's why people are attracted to the gospel is the good news that you can have rest. If you are listening today, God wants you to have that peace and rest away from your turmoil, away from fear of people hurting you. If there's anybody that's going to hurt you, let me let you know, you are more your enemy than anybody else. Because if you stay with the word, amen, truth will make you free. Truth will make you free. That word is full. And then it says, John bore witness. Not just John, the disciple bearing witness, telling us the word became flesh and full of grace and truth. John himself, John the Baptist himself, bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. You know what? Preferred before him? John was born six months before Jesus was born. But John understood Jesus was not just another man. This was the word of God. He was before me. And of his fullness have we all received. And what? Grace for grace. And then he sealed it. For the law was given through Moses. But what? Grace and truth came what? With the word of God. The word, he already told you the word became flesh. We call him Jesus, right? Grace and truth came to us in human form through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can have grace for anything in your life. Grace, even in difficult times. Grace that changes things. Amen? Grace that transforms things in people's lives. You can have that when you have the word. You can have that. You can persevere because grace is there for you to persevere. You can be fearless even in trying times. Why? Because the grace of God is there with you. And you have grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. I pray that everyone listening today, those listening via the internet, hearing my words today, that God's grace will be multiplied in your life. And God's peace will be multiplied in your life. I ask you, probably, I, we have a lot of summons, but in my mind, this is the greatest for me. Because it's pointing us to the word of God. We must take his word seriously. Every time you hold the Bible, you are holding the life of God on paper. But take it from the paper, bring it into your heart. And it becomes a living being. And this living being can transform anything. Amen? He can turn a stony heart into a heart of flesh. Amen? He can do wonders in your life and your relationships. He's able to do that. He may stand up with me today. When you receive Christ, you receive his grace and truth. Amen? You receive his word. I just want to say something before uh, Pastor Josh comes to close this service. Put, raise your hands up to God today. And say this prayer to him. Even if your heart doesn't have, it's not tender towards the word of God. Say to God, please help me. Say to God in your heart today, God, please help me to love your word. Draw me closer to your word. Let the scriptures mean more to me than anything else in life. When you begin to do that, I believe things are going to be transformed in every area of your life. Even the things that you thought were so difficult and you can never come to, God will begin to, the word of God will begin to bring them to you. Say to him today, God, make me love your word. You know, scripture says, without me, I can, without Jesus, I can do nothing. So I tell my God, you know, I really, I would like to love your word, but there is something. I want you to help me, God. I want to love your word. I want your word to transform me. I want to be there every time your word is spoken. I want to listen to your word. If that's your prayer today, I can tell you, if it's coming from your heart, God has answered. Can I hear an amen? God answered your prayers today. And you are going to find yourself being drawn to the word and understanding the word. Young people, please don't forget. This is the best time for you. I wish. I came to Christ and got to know him when I was your age. And that God would give me the same passion I had. It would be different today. I came to him later in life. But you have the opportunity, young people, to reach out to the world. And I pray that God will make you do greater things. Greater things. Amen. God loves you so much. I pray you get to know God's love. The love is so great. Amen. Pastor George, please come.
Praise God. Thank you, Pastor, for that word. Thank you. Thank you, church. And for those who are gathering with us online, we thank you for being here with us. As I know, and the Lord knows, there are some people in this building and online that have um, have, have not decided to make Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have in the past, and you have been away from God and his kingdom, and you say, today is the day I want to rededicate my life back to Christ. If that's you today, I want you to be bold and make that public declaration. Not for the ark, not for us, but for your God. I want to pray with you today, as this is a holy moment, as we do this every Sunday, not to play games. This is a serious moment. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you said, God, I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Today is the day, the hour, now. And if you said, God, at once I knew you. I received you as my personal Lord and Savior. Today is my day. I will rededicate my life to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, on the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Praise God. I see your hand, my brother. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, church, and for those viewing online, Please repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Say, Jesus, I confess my sins to you. And God, please reveal your word to me. If you said that, not only with words, But in your heart, heaven is rejoicing. For another name was written in the book of Lamb. Praise God. Praise God. And church, before we get out of here, bear with me. The Lord really laid something on my heart this Friday, and it would be selfish for me to leave here and not um, to to speak this word that the Lord gave me. So as I was in prayer this, um, this past Friday, the Lord really laid something powerful on my heart. Listen closely, online as well, bear with us, please. We are always desperate for relationships, money, and careers. When you seek temporary things of the world, there will always be mirages of disappointment. God wants to redirect that desperation into a desperate, intimate relationship with him and only him. If you keep God first, he will never leave you nor forsake you. May God make your head may God make you the head and not the tail. May your posture be aligned with the word of God so he may pour out your blessings upon you. Are you desperate for him? Yeah. Michael Smith wrote a song years ago said called I'm desperate for you. I would encourage you to yes, spend time in prayer and read the word of God, but also listen to that song. Play it on repeat. Are you desperate for me? May God give you the abundant amount of blessings. God said more life, more life abundantly. 
God bless you and your children, your workplaces. May you go out and be bold in faith and testify the true name of Jesus. God bless you.